So today we're beginning a new series. Um, first thing I want you to recognize is generally I kind of announce a series before we start it. And a couple weeks before, I'll kind of say, hey, our next series. Or I may even use, you know, the text messaging system to send you a text message that says, hey, we got a new series starting. Invite a friend. I didn't say anything this time. See, and the reason I didn't say it this time is because when most people see this, the greatest month of generosity ever, what's the first thing y'all think about? Man, the pastor's going to talk about money. Man, I am checking out for a month. I am taking a month in November off because if all he's going to talk about is money, I'm out of here for a month, right? Not you guys, of course. I got people looking like they're going to run out the back door right now. You know, and it's interesting as Christians, when, when a pastor starts talking about money, we, we kind of get uptight. Man, I don't know about this. Well, you know, there's over 2,300 verses in the Bible that talk about money and personal possessions. So if there's that much talk about it in the Bible, it's something that we should talk about, correct? That's right. However, through years of TV evangelism and years of other people, you know, it's kind of given the church a bad reputation when a pastor talks about money, you know, because I need you guys to give so I can get a new Learjet kind of thing, you know, <laughs> So, so it generally would be a bad thing for a pastor to talk about it. Well, we're going to talk about it, but I want to let you know it's not all about money. This series is not going to all be about money. And hopefully after this four-week series, we will have a better understanding of what biblical generosity is. We're talking biblical, not human generosity. And, and as we go through this series, we're going to be you know, looking at the character of God or the attributes of God. We're going to look at the Good Samaritan. We're going to look at the widow's offering. And then even what the Apostle Paul, how he encouraged the church to give to another church. Where one church was prospering, another church wasn't. So these are going to be the different subjects we look at over these four weeks. So it definitely is not all about money. It's going to be about time. It's going to be about talent. And it's going to be about love. Because when you look at biblical generosity, that's what all of it covers. And, and my prayer would be that, that the end of this, at, near the end of it, that each of us, that we will be generous to others, just as God is generous to us. Because we serve a generous God. And, and during the last couple weeks, you know, after announcements, I've been giving a little like a giving talk or, you know, and I've been pointing to words, God is a giver. And we know God gave his only begotten son that God provides everything for us. And because it's a character of God, our God is a giving God. Therefore, as people, as Christians and as Christ followers, we also should be givers just like our God is. You know, and I kind of, as I started this, I looked and I asked myself the question, what makes a generous person? And then even ask myself, am I a generous person? And there's sometimes I can say yes. Other times I can say no. But through my life, I think I have been generous, not only with, you know, money. I've been generous with time. I've been generous with 
anything I'm able to do to help somebody else, I think I've been generous with. You know, but that, of course, isn't for me to decide. It's for other people to decide. And I have been told and I've been thanked in the past, back when I did youth ministry, you know, I'd take, we, all the leaders would go out and pay for their meal or something, and not thinking nothing about it until one day one of them said, hey, are we going out tonight because I'm hungry? And then I realized that he was expecting my generosity, so the generosity stopped. And unfortunately, there's a lot of times we do that also. But, but what makes a generous person? And the question would be, are you generous? Would you consider yourself a generous person? And remember, we're not just talking finances. We're not talking uh, strictly about money, but are you a generous person? And then what qualifies someone as being generous? You know, is it a, a billionaire who gives millions of dollars, you know, to help other organizations or to different things? Or maybe it's someone who works in a soup kitchen. If someone took time out of their day and worked in a soup kitchen, would you consider them generous? Yes? Okay. Don't be quiet now on me today. We're talking generosity. It's not money, so relax. <laughs> Y'all looking like, oh, it's coming. Well, it's not coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe generosity, a generous person is someone who uses their talents to help build a local church. Whether it's, you know, through construction, through landscaping, through singing and worship, through taking time in prayer, through accounting, all these different things are talents that people use that can help build the local church. And the biggest question is, do generous people look at the world differently? Do you think a generous person really looks at the world differently than maybe we do? Well, it just so happens I found an article that said nine ways generous people see the world differently. So the nine different ways they see it is they recognize that the resource pie is not finite. It, it, it's, it's not a finite resource pie. The resources are going to continue to come. They know that generosity leads to greater happiness. They find success in helping others succeed. They believe changing even one life is worthwhile. They trust others. They dream big dreams for their money. They see more resources to give than, than money. They fully embrace the reality of that life is short. And they are content to live with less. How many of us do the same thing? How many on that list of nine can you, thinking about it, now this is a rhetorical question, don't answer it out loud, but how many of those nine things do you think you do in your own life? And then really ask yourself that question again, am I a generous person? You see, the world is desperately seeking cheerful and generous givers. You think about it, a cheerful giver improves society, it makes people feel better, and they actually inspire us. When we see stories of someone going above and beyond for somebody, it will generally inspire us to want to do better. You know, when you, when you see someone take a homeless person off the street and they turn around and they get them a place to live, they, they clean them up, they get them a job, and then the person becomes, you know, better in their own life, it's one of them feel-good stories. It's one of them stories, you're, and you're like, man, that is awesome. You might even cry a little bit watching the story. But we know that's a generous person who did that. 
<laughs> I read another article that said Generous, generosity makes our world a better place. It improves the life of the receiver and it improves the life of the giver. Yet despite the benefits, generosity is still rare in our world today, which is so true. We all want to be generous, but it's very rare to see it these days. And, and I think when we define generosity, we need to look at the character of God. We got to look at what God does. And, and the big idea for today's message is simply this. Generosity is a virtue that comes from the character of God and consists of giving to others without getting anything in return. Generosity is a virtue that comes from God and consists of giving to others without getting anything in return. When's the last time you gave something besides a hard time to someone else expecting nothing in return? Think about it. But it's something we should be doing each day. As Christ followers, we should be generous and give to others, not expecting anything in return. But in today's world, what do we expect? Everyone wants something back. Well, if I give this, what am I going to get back? If I do this, what, what's in it for me? You know, that whole me mentality comes up in our life. It, it's me, myself, and I. I know the three of us better than anybody. And, and we get so caught up in that. But you see, throughout Scripture, we see that God gives generously. He gives generously. And, and you think about from the very beginning, He gave His one and only Son for our salvation. He gave his son, he gave Jesus for our salvation. He is a giving God. You look all the way back to creation in Genesis 1 and thinking of, of the creation experience, there was nothing, which means nothing at some point had to exist. And then God created the world out of nothing. He created the universe. He created everything out of nothing. So we know that nothing existed and now everything exists. Why? Because of God's creation. He was generous enough to create. And then you even think about the continuing of creation. As God has you know, made the world, made the universe, made the cosmos, he has continued to provide for them in everything. Continued to regrow them. Continued to, when something dies off, to build something new. And he's continued to be part of the continuing of creation through a life. He helps sustain us and he helps sustain everything that he's created. And what I want the scripture I want to look at today is actually the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, which is different than what's on your bulletin because I, I changed it after Alfredo printed them and then he yelled at me. But that's okay. <laughs> so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. If you have a Bible with you, that's great. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew. Or as always, it'll be up on the screen up here. So let's dig in and see what God's Word says here. It says, As it is written, He distributed freely. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all the generosity 
which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the proof provided by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. Amen. So the first thing I want you to see here is that God provides the seed. God provides the seed. God provides everything in our life. He provides the seed. Whether it's the seed of money, whether it's seed of talent, whether it's seed of love, everything's provided by God. Everything we have is God's. And what's our job? Our job is to sow the seed. And when you sow stuff, what do you do? You're basically putting it in the ground. You're giving it away. But how many times do we want to hold on to that seed? Kind of like the person when, when everyone was given the talents and the one got the one talent, what did he do? He went and buried it instead of doing anything with it. So as God provides the seed in our life, it's our job to sow it. And what is interesting is what does God do when we sow it? He multiplies it. So he multiplies the seed because we're being obedient to what he called us to do. He's going to give it. We need to sow it and he will multiply it. So what do you think will happen if he gives you seed and you don't do anything with it? It's not going to multiply it, correct? He's going to give that seed to somebody else. And there's many people who go around and Oh, woe's me, why do they have and I don't have? Why this and why that? Because they're not doing what God's word called them to do. Now what is interesting is, God, like I said, provides the seed. And there's some seed that's being provided for the church. And it started with a conversation about six, eight weeks ago. Innocent conversation at that with Lori Fry. And Lori said, hey, pastor, yeah, my, my old Seacoast branch collects food, you know, October and November, and they, they want to give the food to the church. And I was like, hey, that's pretty awesome. You know, we can get our brown box ministry back up and running. And, you know, we're going to be able to help people. And then I told Scott. And then Scott comes up. Can't wait to open the food pantry back up. And I'm like, Scott, I said brown box ministry, not food pantry. Well, apparently it went from Scott's mouth to God's ears. Because on Wednesday... About three in the afternoon, the office phone rang, and it was WPTV. And WPTV said, hey, Pastor Ken, how you doing today? Just want to let you know that on November 12th, we're going to be at Seacoast, Branch, uh, Seacoast Bank on Boynton Beach Boulevard, and every piece of food that is collected while we're there is being given to your church. God is providing the seed. 
It is our job to sow the seed. So my little idea, and you know, I think it's funny because everyone's always said, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your idea or tell him your plans. Well, I kept saying, hey, you know, we can get this brown box ministry going up. It can be personal. We can give food to people and then have a relationship with them, talk with them about Jesus, and it's personal. Well, as of Friday, the 12th, we're going to have some food to pick up. And just to give you an idea, yesterday, well, Friday, they were up in Stewart, and they had 3,500 pounds of food donated to the branch in Stewart. So who knows what we're going to get here in Boynton? Who knows what we're going to get? And it, what started with an innocent conversation. So God is providing the seed. So it is our job to sow it. So in order to sow it, we need to have a food distribution. So we all know on the third Saturday of every month, we have a food pan, uh, clothes closet so that we can clothe the naked. Well, on the third Saturday of the month, we will be opening back up the brown box food distribution at FBC Lantana. So the same time we're giving out, we have the clothes closet open, we will be able to provide food as long as we have food to provide to those in need. Sow what God has given. Amen. Sow what God has given. And when we do what God calls us to do, what will he do? He will multiply it. So we can continue to move forward. So Friday afternoon, all of y'all with pickup trucks, <clears throat> we're going to have to be at a, what the, uh, it's with the last newscast, so sometime after 6 p.m., picking up all the food in Boynton Beach and bringing it back here to the church, which means we're then going to have to have a packing party and start packing boxes so that we can hand out food on the 20th and also let people know while they're here for food they can come and get clothes also. Amen? Amen. Doing what God called us to do. Being obedient to what God calls us to do. And sometimes we don't even know it. It literally started with a conversation. A conversation that morphed into something so much bigger. And I've heard it many a times from you guys. Man, it'd be nice to have that food pantry back up. Man, it'd be nice if we could get the food. Hey, can we bring in some food so we can start collecting food to give out to people? Y'all want to bring in food? Bring it in. Because God has opened up that door. God has, sowed, has given the seed. We now have to sow it. Amen? But you know what that also means? Generosity. We're going to need y'all to give up some time. Some of your time and talent to help with doing this distribution. So now, don't be shy now. Come on, I want... Yeah, all right. Amen, we're going to be there. <laughs> God is good all the time, right? And I think a lot of times what happens is as we're, we're doing what God calls us to do, sometimes we, we may get frustrated because we're out there sowing. We're out there sowing the seed and we don't see the multiplication. And because we've got to understand it's in God's timing, not in our timing. 
And I think it's interesting in Psalm 112, 4 and 5, it actually says this. It says, light shines in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, compassionate, and righteous. God will come to the one who lends generously and conducts his business fairly. And I think we've been doing that. And I think we're seeing the light shine into the darkness, and it's God being gracious to us as a church. Being gracious to us as a people, being obedient to what he calls us to be. Being generous in our life. Being generous with others. The biggest generosity we can ever give someone is to plant that seed of salvation. To tell them about Jesus. To tell them what God did for us and sow that seed. Being laborers in the harvest. And God just opened up more of a harvest for us to be laborers into. Letting his light shine into it. Think about what it's like to live generous. Anyone here ever lived generously off of somebody else? Wouldn't it be pretty, well, besides, you know, when we were growing up and we lived off our parents. No, no picking back there. <laughs> but, but think about it. Think about living off of the generosity of other people. There's a gentleman named Leon Logothetis who actually did this. Now, what Leon did is Leon was a broker, a successful broker in London. And he got so tired of just sitting in his cubicle. He got so tired of just, you know, life, can't, life has to be more than this. And he made a pact that he was going to go out and he was going to go ahead and live and see the life he wanted to live. And he made his little pact with himself that he would not plan where he was going to stay who he was going to stay with or take any money with him. He said, I'm truly going to live off of the generosity of other people. He traveled the world solely off of that, off the generosity of strangers. He actually went to 40 different places, 20 different countries in a five-month period with no money, no food, and no place to stay. Literally, he met someone and said, hey, can I stay with you? And he talked with people about you know, being generous and, and trying to see the good side. Because there's a lot of good that happens in the world. The problem is we don't see it. We, we don't see the goodness because the bad outweighs the good. And he tells a story about one night he met a homeless man named John. And as he was talking with John, John actually invited him, said, hey, go ahead, you can stay here with me. He provided him with a blanket, provided him with shelter, even provided him with food for the night. And, and as he spent that time with John that night on, on the street, he said what he learned is generosity comes from the heart. It doesn't come from our needs. It doesn't come from our wants. And as he was out there looking for kindness, he was out there looking for this kindness and this generosity in the world, he found it in a homeless person. And then he found it in others. And of course, he wanted to pay it back over time as he finished his journey. So the homeless man, he actually set up with an apartment for a year. 
got him a job, and got the guy going back to school because he wanted to pay it back for the generosity that he received. And a lot of times it's not about paying it back. And he even said it's kind of weird because when you do stuff to, to see people's kindness, you're supposed to like keep it between you and the person. But he said the world needs to see this. The world needs to understand there's still kind and generous people in this world. And he actually wrote a book, and the book is entitled The Kindness Diaries. It's actually a pretty good book. It entails all the different people. He's also got it out there on YouTube. He does different video segments of it. But here is someone who went looking in the world for kindness and generosity. If someone came into our world today, would they see kindness and generosity from us? Would they see it from you? Would they honestly see it from you? I know there's times they won't see it from me. There's times I'll put my nose up because I fail. I, I fail at being generous. I fail at being kind sometimes. And I know if I fail, I can't. I, you guys probably never do because y'all are better than me. Huh? Not the deacon. Okay. But we need to understand generosity flows from our humble hearts. It falls from a, and, and it's an attitude that's not one size fits all. Not all of us can be generous and not all of us can do it the same way. Each one of us has different resources. Each one of us has different seed that God has provided for us. But we need to sow what we have. And, and understand if generosity was only about money, some of us wouldn't even be in the game. Think about that. If generosity was only about money, some of us would never be in the game. Because generosity is not about money. Generosity is about loving one another. Ex giving to someone else and expecting nothing in return. You know, throughout Scripture, God gives us generously. He causes people to do the same in our life with our times, our talents, our service, love, and money. Because like I said at the beginning, generosity is a virtue that comes from the character of God and consists of giving to others without getting anything in return. You can have it. I don't want it back. I don't want nothing in return. Unfortunately, a lot of times when we give something in our mind, we're expecting something back. Maybe not at that very moment, but we're expecting something back. And it could be later down the line and say, hey, remember, Kathy, when I loaned you that 20 bucks six months ago? Well, I need it back. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of times it's, hey, remember when I let you borrow that crib? Well, I need it back. I now got a grandkid on the way. And it's little things like this that we run into that we give, but in the back of our mind, we're holding on to, hey, they owe me. They owe me something. Instead of just giving it and expecting nothing back. Expecting nothing in return. Sowing the seed that God has provided so that he can multiply it and we can continue to move forward. That's what we're called to do, each and every one of us. What would it look like if we actually lived out this life? What if you started today 
saying exactly that. I will be generous to others just as God is generous to me. I will be generous to others just as God is generous to me. And live that life as you're going out there day in and day out. Not expecting anything in return. Taking what he has given you and giving it away. Give it away to someone else, to someplace else, someplace that can use it so that his name will be glorified. And take yourself totally out of the equation. Because guess what? It's not about you. It's about him. It's about doing what he called us to do with our time, with our talent, with our love, with our service, with everything he provides for us. We need to do something back with it. And take that step to start doing something with what God has given you. And instead of sitting back and, and oh, hum, me, I can't believe this, I can't believe that, do something about it. Take a step and use the talents you were given. And not expecting everything back, take yourself out of the equation. Because like I said, it's not about you, it's about him. It's about doing what he called you to do. Not what you want to do. What he calls you to do. How much would it change the way you look at this world? How much would it change the way you look at others if you gave and expected nothing back? Like I said, this, this greatest month of generosity is about us changing our hearts. It's about us changing our attitude and giving everything we have. Sowing the seed that he provides. He's providing it. We need to sow it. We need to, and he will multiply it. Just simply being obedient to his call. And a lot of times, like I said, we have to take ourselves out of that equation. Because ourself is where the attitude comes from. Ourself is where we start expecting things for ourselves instead of seeking what he wants. How much would it change if you took someone in your family and provided that seed of, let me tell you about my Jesus? Let me tell you about what God did. How God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you. That is a seed to sow. That is something that we should be sowing each and every day. Being obedient to God's call in our life. How much would it change your attitude to start looking at being a generous person and expecting nothing back? Remember, it's about the heart. It's about an attitude. It's about you changing inside. It's not about what this person is going to do or this person is going to do. It's about you changing and getting that heart of flesh. Get rid of that heart of stone. Get that heart of flesh and do what God called you to do. Be generous with everything he provides you. Everything he provides you. And you know, some of you may be saying, well, that's good, but you know, I, I need to know about that Jesus. Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, you're at the right place at the right time because today is the day of salvation. 
And if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, during this final song, you can come up front and we'll sit over on the side. I'll talk to you and we will pray the prayer of salvation and welcome you to this messed up family. Because we are messed up. None of us are perfect. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. Me included. But it also says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Pass that generosity on to someone else. And if you have never accepted Jesus, I encourage you to make that walk up here. And for some of you, it may be, you know, Pastor, I, I, I don't know about this generosity. I, I like what I got. I like me. I, I, I like me more than I like them other people. I like me more than, than, than I like giving stuff up. What did God's word said? He provides the seed. We are to sow it. And he will multiply it. The only part in there for us is we need to sow it. Not that we need to sow it and expect anything back. We got no control over that. He will provide it. We give it away. He will multiply it. There's no you in there. You is to sow it. Give it away. Time, talent, service, love, whatever it may be. Stop holding so tightly. Because I think a lot of us hold on way too tight. And maybe you are, you're holding on to too tight and you need to come up here and say, God, teach me to be a generous person. Teach me to sow what you are providing me. Open my eyes to see what it is you want me to do. Whether it's time, whether it's talents, if it's service, love, or even finances, Lord, show me what you want me to do and take yourself out of the equation. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today looking to your character, Lord. Lord, we know you are a giving God. We know you gave your only son for us. We know through creation that you loved us and that you supply for us, Lord. Lord, we, we look at the, the supply and the abundance of food coming so that we can now sow it and give it away to others so that we can feed the poor and clothe the naked just as your word calls us to do. Because, Lord, that's what we should be about. We should be about your business, not our business. We should be about doing what your word calls us to do, not about what my mind or my heart wants me to do, but doing what you call us to do. Lord, I know someone in here is struggling with that, and Lord, I just ask that you convict them, Lord. Convict them either in the seat where they're at or have them come up front and leave it here today, Lord. So they will seek you with that whole heart. Seeking to do what you have called us to do. And be sowers of your seed. So that you may multiply it. And make this prayer in Jesus name. Amen.